are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 56. For this uh, episode of the podcast, I'm going to be interviewing Shannon Baker. Shannon is the author of Strip Bear, which was the first in the Kate Fox mystery series. The second book, Dark Signal, is uh, just been published on October 17th. That series is set in rural uh, Nebraska cattle country, and although Shannon now lives in Tucson, she spent uh, 20 years in the Nebraska Sandhills. She has been chosen the Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers Writer of the Year in 2014 and 2017, and she's a member of the Mystery Writers of America, Sisters in Crime, the Western Writers of America, International Thriller Writers, and the Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers. Shannon also writes the uh, Nora Abbott Mystery Series, and so we're going to be talking to her about her novels, her work process, and a lot more. So stay tuned for the latest episode of Meet the Thriller Author. Hi, everybody. This is Alan Peterson, and I have uh, Shannon Baker on Skype for uh, an interview. I'm very excited to talk to Shannon about her work. Uh, how are you, Shannon? I'm doing great, Alan. Thanks for having me. Hey, how, how is everything in San Francisco? Oh, it's good. It's actually been kind of hot, you know, because San Francisco, for being in California, doesn't really get that hot. And it's been really hot this summer. So we're, we're suffering here because we don't even have air conditioning. Well, you know, I, I live in Tucson and um, I'm, a, I'm a huge Husker fan because I'm from Nebraska. We watched the, uh, the Husker game last Saturday and it was hotter in Lincoln, Nebraska than it was here in Tucson. So I... I that was kind of fun. Wow, yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> uh, Tucson's a little bit cooler than Phoenix, right? It's not that bad? Yeah, it is. It, it's usually, oh, I don't know, maybe 5, 10 degrees. Probably 5. Oh, but so it still cools hot. off at night here, <laughs> where it doesn't in, Tucson, in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so that's still, I, I didn't realize it got that hot in Tucson either. <laughs> that's pretty hot. That's, yeah. that's, that's still very hot. Really excited to have you on the, on the uh, podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, your writing history? Sure. I spent 20 years in the Nebraska Sandhills, which is super, super rural. It's about as rural as you can get. Uh, I like to say that the population density is 0.95 people per square mile. And I wasn't native to that. I married into it. So it was, <laughs> it was very unusual. It, it was um, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, and I mean that in the Southern sense, told me what my priorities were when I was there and she said they are my grandchildren they are my son and then um, our business which was a feed store cattle feed and if you have any time left over then maybe you can do something creative like right if you feel like it you know and, and actually what she wanted me to do is join the extension club and do crafts so I started writing of course that's that's exactly <laughs> what I did and so that's how I started it, it took a long time but that's that's the background of it Sounds like more fun than crafts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, you know, crafts are, are great for people, but you know, not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. My grandmother, my grandparents were from a small farming community in Minnesota, so it's very similar. <laughs> what, what, you were, I, what you were describing, I know exactly what you're we were talking about. You know, I'm doing this um, double. We call it the double book blog tour with Jess Lowry. She's from Minnesota. Um, and we're having a blast. She's so funny. And, and I just recently on a, one of our stops, someone was talking about, oh, I'm from Minnesota. And I said, that's just that's just Nebraska without the Huskers, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe Nebraska's a little, maybe a little bit more flatter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's about it. 
Um, okay, so you have, um, so uh, we'll talk about your, your, your series here. You have Dark Signal, is th- which is the second installment in this Cape Fox mystery series. Uh-huh. And that's going to be uh, released October 17th. And so can you tell us, tell me a little bit about that series and Cape Fox? Sure. Kate Fox lives in the Nebraska Sandhills, and and, um, she is absolutely nothing like me. She is a consummate insider. She's fourth generation, which means her um, ancestors were the first people to settle out there. She's got uh, eight brothers and sisters, and she's right in the middle of it all. And she really um, belongs there. That's exactly where she belongs, and she loves it. And she's very competent with all things rural she can take care of cows she can pull calves she can fix fence she can fix pickups you know she's she's just very confident and and she was she was living out on a ranch this is um prior to the beginning of stripped bear which is the first book that came out last week or last year so she was living on a ranch just doing everything she could you know that she ever wanted to do and it all fell apart one night when her husband the sheriff is shot and a local rancher's killed and she finds out that the reason her husband was on the scene is because he was having an affair. So she has to deal with all of that, you know, getting kicked off the ranch and, and the whole bit. So I, I hope it's not a spoiler, but when book two opens, she is the county sheriff. That's, a nice, that's an interesting twist. <laughs> yeah. Getting there getting there is the fun, so I hope readers will still read it because yeah. it does have some twists in it. So the second book opens when she's getting sworn in. And the right almost immediately, there's a uh, death on the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad, and she's the only one who believes that it wasn't an accident. So she's got to stop the killer, of course, before he or she kills again. Going back to the strip bear, I read uh, I was reading in, uh, on your website uh, that it was uh, uh, it was. Praised as a, as Longmire meets the Good Wife. Now that's a really cool eclectic mix. <laughs> did you see that connection when 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 that was written? You know, I did. Um, I I love Craig Johnson and I love his books. There, the if if you haven't read the books and have only seen the the TV show, you really should read his books because they're full of humor and t- turns of phrases that are just fabulous. And and when I started reading his series, I thought, you know. It gave me permission to write about rural Nebraska, and which I had wanted to do for a really long time. So, so that he kind of gave me permission, and and the fact that it's a woman, and the fact that she's got to deal with her husband's infidelity in a very public way, kind of kicked it into the good wife type of of thing. So, yeah, I, I was really pleased with that. So it seems like uh, the the Nebraska Sandhills. Is kind of like one of the main protagonists to the to the series. So it's kind of kind of makes me think of uh, what L.A. is to Rudy Bosch, Michael Connelly's uh, series. Yeah, that, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The the Sandhills for me, it, it was very much that way in in my life when I moved out there. It is not an obvious love, you know. There's there aren't trees. It's just um, mile after mile after mile of rolling hills with grass. Um, it's actually like a, a giant Sahara desert with grass. So it, it can feel really bleak. And I, I, I made a kind well, when I moved out there, you know, I, I, I wasn't used to it. And I was, I married into it and moved out to, on this ranch. Our nearest neighbor was five miles away and they were an older couple. So I, I was really lonely. 
And I remember um, sitting on my waterbed, and that will date me right there, <laughs> and and just bawling and thinking, oh my God, you know, I'd been married two months, I can't get divorced because that would really make me look like a flake. You know, how am I going to deal with this? And I thought, well, you're going to have to learn to love the sandhills. And so I set about doing that, and I did. And it and it when you start looking, it's it's beautiful. You know, the grasses turn amazing colors in the fall, and there's a thousand million birds out there. There's lots and lots of groundwater that, that comes up to the surface, so a lot of shallow lakes. And, you know, it, it, it just became, you know, some someplace I really, really loved. And then, um, so this is, I, I told you how rural it was. So our town was 300, and um, I had kids in high school and the whole bit. And after about 20, uh, 15 years, I found out my husband was having an affair, and it had had an affair for, for five years. So obviously, I'm not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. But uh, so, so I escaped the Sand Hills and went to a place that was way easier to love. But I always knew I wanted to write about the Sand Hills because it's a unique place, and the characters are quirky. And there was being an outsider, I could. I could really get the humor in the, you know, what what regular, what, what outsiders wouldn't see. I mean, what insiders don't see. You know, an outsider can say, well, that's unusual. And so <laughs> it took me a little while to get my sense of humor back. And when I did, I, I really wanted to write about Kate. So, so when you incorporated that, the Kate, the what happened with Kate, uh, similar to what happened with, with in your situation, was that, do you find that, like, helpful for you as to, to write about it or... Oh God! You know they they say living well is the best revenge, but yeah. I I have discovered that writing well <laughs> is pretty pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's always I mean, it's so therapeutic to get uh, get your revenge on uh, <laughs> on paper. <laughs> that way you don't get in trouble. <laughs> well, and and so here's the thing: my my I have two kids, and they're really good about not kibitzing about us to each other. You know that my my ex husband and I. But so I, I, I'm I'm not sure that he's read the book, although I did tell him it was coming out and we kind of laughed about it. But um, so he lives on the, the path of totality from the eclipse. And oh, yeah. one of my dearest friends is a, a scientist. And she so she called me up and she's from Denver. And she said, where who do you know that lives out there that I could go stay with to see the eclipse? And I said, well, just call my ex-husband. You know, they used to be friends. She hadn't talked to him for you know 16 years. And so she did. And so she went out to, to, to see. And bless her heart, this is the best friend in the whole wide world. She, I had given her an ARC, you know, an advanced reader copy of Dark Signal. And she took it out there and was reading it in her spare time and then just leaving it laying around the house. <laughs> <laughs> that whole area in your books, you had Grand County and, and Frog Creek. Are those real locations or are they based on? There is. The county I lived in was Grant with a T, and there isn't really a Frog Creek. There is a place very similar to that that has a, a different name. So Hodgkiss is very much, very much, almost identical to Hyannis, Nebraska. And do you hear back? Do you hear uh, any feedback from uh, any Nebraskans who read your books? And how's what's the feedback been from them? Well, the the people out in in this rural area that have read my books, that have talked to me about it, love it because they're mm-hmm. my friends. <laughs> the people that have read my books and got pissed off now, they aren't talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's always fun, you know. Like I like reading those John Sanford books about Minnesota because he's kind of writes rural 
some of them, the characters, somewhere in the Twin Cities, but the Virgil Flowers is in the rural parts. And I, th I think it's kind of fun because, you know, you kind of go, oh, you really identify with that stuff. <laughs> right. You know, and, and Anne Lamott has, and I'm paraphrasing her here, when she says, um, you, own, you own your experience. And if the people don't like what you're writing about, they should have treated you better. I like that. That's a really good philosophy to have. Uh, so, um, what are your plans with uh, Kate Fox? Uh, is that uh, I know this is the second book is isn't out yet, but are you planning to continue writing in that series? So um, there is right right now. Forge released a ninety nine cent short story. It's it's released digital um, on all platforms, and we love Kobo because it's indie. So you know you can check that out, but it's on all the platforms, um, and it's a it's 26 pages, so it's really not that short. But um, mm -hmm. so, what a bargain! So it's the uh, gateway drug to Kate. So if you want to find out about Kate Fox without investing in a whole book, you can invest in a 99 cent short story. So that's out and ready to go. It's called Close Enough. Um, and then Dark Signal releases in October. Um, book three of the Kate series is I don't have a contract for it yet, but it's with my editor. So. Um, you know, fingers crossed. I should be hearing about that any day. In the meantime, I'm by in three days from now, I will have finished um, revisions on a, a book that's really different than anything I've ever written. It's a kind of a challenge. Um, it's very, very dark, and it's set in Tucson with Arizona Rangers. So, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah, I'm real excited about that. We'll see. We'll see if anybody wants to publish that one. <laughs> so it's darker than uh, than than the Kate Fox or or, or, or anything you've written before, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. in, in Kate Fox, I I think there's quite a bit of humor in it, but you know, maybe that's just me because I think it's a funny place to be. Now I noticed also you'd written um, uh, the um, the Nora Abbott mysteries, and it uh, you, it says here that it featured an, a happy Indian mysticism environmental issues. I'm just kind of curious, what, what, what is Hopi Indian mysticism and what was that series about? So it's Hopi. Oh, um, Hopi. <laughs> See, and, I know nothing about it. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> they're a tribe in northern Arizona. So there's, it's, um, they are located on three mesas in northern Arizona and they're, they're one of the oldest cultures in the world. Um, they inhabit the, the longest continually inhabited village in Northern America, um, and they're very, very small and really, really poor. They believe that they're responsible for the balance of the entire world. So that if they don't um, do these ceremonies and and do all these things required of them, the balance of the world the world will go out of balance. And because they have, you know, like like a lot of the tribes, they have you know youth drain, and so they don't have. The, the clans that they need to do to do all these, they they believe that all the the climate change and all these disasters that are happening and the social unrest rests on their shoulders. So it's it's a really interesting culture and they're very secretive about everything um, and rightly so because a lot of their relics, their kachinas, we white people think that they're costumes, but to them, they are real and alive, and they're their spirits. And so, in the when the white men first came, they would they stole a bunch of these. And you know, just within the last five years, they've come up in auctions in like Paris and things. Mm. So they're secretive and and with good reason. And so, of course, that's who I decided I wanted to write about. So um, 
So the first book of that series is set in Flagstaff, because when we moved there, there was a big controversy about man-made snow on on the peaks that are sacred to 12 tribes, and, and the Hopi are one of them. The second book is set in Boulder, Colorado, and the third book is set in Moab, Utah. So that those were really fun to write. Those covers are beautiful. The colors uh, with the uh, the I'm looking at the covers on your web, on your website. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of liked them too. Yeah, yeah, they're very nice. Yeah, I noticed that that was uh, that was published with. Uh, with an imprint of Llewellyn uh, in St. Paul. I actually had interviewed uh, for a publicist job there like 10, 15 years ago before I moved out to California. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, small world. I didn't get the job, but <laughs> small world. <laughs> they're, they're a good publisher. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it very cool, um, their, uh, the genres that, that, they're, that they're in and everything. It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty neat. Well, that's, you know, they, they, because they are the biggest um, New Age publisher and, and Midnight Inc. is their uh, mystery line. My first... Tainted Mountain was the first book in that series, and I named it Sacred Balance because it, it just fit and it made so much sense. And it was the per, it was the perfect title for that book because, you know, the Hopi and the balance of the world and the whole bit. But um, they didn't go with that title because they said it sounded so much like their nonfiction line. Um, it, how is that? Were you disappointed then when, they, when, you, when, when you weren't able to use that title or you just kind of... Said, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am. I was disappointed because I am really, really bad at titles, super bad <laughs> at titles, and that one was perfect. Yeah. But I, I have been all along disappointed in titles. I, <laughs> the, the Kate Fox series, I, I, I thought I had this down. I, I figured I, I had solved the title problem. I wanted to have her. She was Kate Bear when I first started. B A E R, and and so. I had stripped bear was B A E R and then barely there and bear essentials and you know everything using bear and I thought this is perfect I will never have another problem with titles but marketing at forge decided that having it spelled differently would be confusing and readers wouldn't be able to find it if they started looking for it and so they said you can either change the title or you can change her name and my editor decided to change her name and I just thought okay that's fine <laughs> and then we changed the spelling back to where it should be which which is is kind of weird I didn't think about it at the time but after it came out I just I just keep getting all these um, teasing and everything about it being erotica it's not erotica <laughs> oh strip pair yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. All, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on and, and, yeah. and, getting, and getting a book out there. <laughs> uh, so, what is your writing process then? Now? Do you are you like do you outline a lot, or are you like the seat of your pants, or an in-betweener? I used to outline in really detail. I used to have an Excel spreadsheet that had not only the action but the character arc and what every scene, you know, the goal was, and it was all color-coded and it was. But I. And that seemed to make me keep me sane, even though it um, changed a lot. But as I go, you know, more more and more books, I'm, I'm learning to trust myself more, and I I outline less because I know it's going to change anyway. So I I use I have the ending, and there are, there are times when the ending changes, and that's fine. I I don't mind that, but I like to know that I ha- at least have one viable ending. And then the plot points, and then I just kind of go now. But when I'm writing a draft, I I just gallop through it. I mean, I, I just start at page one, 
and I go to pay it to the end. And when I change things, because I, I always do, I just make notes because it might change again or again and again. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense in going back and editing it if I'm going to keep going back and editing it. So, so when I get done with that draft, it's a huge mess, which is what I'm cleaning up right now. So, so then I do my revision and then I have a, you know, polish, a final polish. So I, I usually do three to four drafts. And uh, what do you use to, to write? Do you use Word or, or another software? I, I have Scrivener, and I, and I use Scrivener for the corkboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need to figure out how to write in Scrivener. Um, I, I just don't want to take the time to do it. Because when I did start writing a Scrivener, I couldn't figure out how to export it and email it, like to a mm-hmm. critique partner and stuff. So I just need to learn that. But other than that, I use Word. But I do use the corkboard. I love it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> do you try to write every day? Again, when I'm doing that first draft, I do. And then I'll, I'll take time off. And then, and then when I do the revision, I do. Because I don't want to lose that thread. But, mm-hmm. but other than that, you know, year-round, no, I don't write every day. I probably should. But, you know, <laughs> there's other things that I need to do. I, <laughs> do I, break. I, I love to hike and cycle and backpack and kayak and camp and so so when i get done with these big pushes that's when i go out and and do my running around and do you have like a like writing habits that you follow every time like a lucky chair or a coffee shop they go to all the time or oh hell no no <laughs> you know it, it, for me it's a job yep. and you sit down and you do your job you know wherever wherever you need to be you know um my husband and i took a a trip this summer a a road trip and i was in the middle of that first draft and so i was writing in the car on the going down the road it's just you just do what you need to do and i have lived in some awful places where i didn't have any room to write i do now but you know you just you you do what you need to do Mm. Okay, so now here comes a, a dreaded question in these interviews. Where do you get your story ideas? I'm really, people are just like, oh, that question, but I'm so curious about it. So do you like, uh, is it like news-based and then you like work it into your world or how does that uh, come to you? I am so frustrated about ideas because all these writers, friends of mine, they all go, oh, I have so many ideas. I'll never get them written. And I just want to punch them in the throat. <laughs> I don't have so many ideas. I generally get an idea at a time, one at a time they come to me. Sometimes it's a struggle. Like I said, I really wanted to write about the Sandhills. And, um, and and when it was time, Kate Fox came to me, and she came to me as a personality, fully formed. And I thought, you know, the, the story kind of grew organically. I knew what I wanted, you know, a few things, and it kind of grew this story I'm working on now, the Arizona Rangers, really surprised me because um, I had met, we went to the horse races here in, in Tucson, and it was my husband, actually, that that went up and started talking to this guy, and he was an Arizona Ranger, and, and it just kind of uh, struck me, you know, they're all volunteer, and they, and I thought, well, that would be interesting. And then when I just, I started thinking about it, um, it was like unraveling a sweater kind of, you know, I pulled a thread and that, and I went after that and, and it, it just grew and grew. And I'm, I'm real excited about this story. 
And do you put in a lot of research then before you start to, to write these, your stories? Not, you know, I, I research um, because not only do I need to know a, a few things, but research also sparks more ideas. So when I started to, when I knew I wanted to write about an Arizona Ranger, I, I called the Arizona Rangers here in Tucson and talked to their commander. And, and that kind of got me, you know, going on a few ideas. And were they friendly and like welcoming? Sometimes you hear they're like, they don't want to help writers. And sometimes they're like very helpful. <laughs> oh, you know, a friend of mine told me this probably 30 years ago. She said, people love to talk about what they do. Uh, you know, you, all you have to do is ask, and and they they will, they love to talk about what they do. Oh, what a concept to actually ask. Yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of fretting about it. <laughs> I know, and I did for this Arizona Ranger story. I I I did fret about it for a really long time. I put off that phone call because it's it's kind of uncomfortable, and you don't want to go. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that, that's 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 my fear too. That making trying to make those calls because <laughs> like, it oh. sounds so pretentious. Yes, yes. <laughs> I write books. You want to talk to me? <laughs> Before you started writing in the in these genres, were you a fan of them as a reader? Oh my gosh, no! So when I grew up, I never read Nancy Drew. I um, have to admit, I've only uh, listened to a couple Agatha Christie's on the on books on tape or uh, audiobooks. Um, that it just shows you how old I am. Books on tape, but um, I, I, you know, occasionally I'd read a mystery. I never read mystery series, but I wrote what I thought was a thriller, and um, I sold it accidentally to Midnight Inc. And the editor there said, "Well, first of all, it's not a thriller; it's a mystery. And um, would you? Is this a standalone or is it a series?" And I said, well, it's a series, of course, obviously, which, you know, then put me on a scramble. So for the last long time, let me see, when did I publish that? In 2013. I've been reading a lot of mysteries and a lot of uh, mystery series. I'm never going to develop that canon that that a lot of mystery writers have because I'm reading mostly contemporary stuff. So So I am kind of a little slow on the, you know, I didn't know who Nick and Nora were. Yeah, you know, there's just a lot of things I didn't know about the mystery genre, but I'm I'm learning. I'm catching up. That's pretty amazing too. Then that you that you started writing it in it, and then you, that you sold it. I, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I just didn't realize there there was uh, rhythm and you know conventions that need to go with a mystery. So that it's taken me some time to figure that out. Did you just uh, start to write that first one, or did you read a lot of like how to write books or? <laughs> Oh, you know what? I didn't publish my first book till I was 50. So between, I don't know, 25 and 50, it was a constant learning curve. So I read a lot of books. Um, I went to Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers Conference every year, which I highly, highly recommend. It's in Denver. It's in September every year. It's a, it, it's just fabulous. And when I first first started out, really first started out, I banged out a novel because I'd read novels all my life. I've been a, write, a reader. I banged out this novel, How Hard Can It Be? And then I um, sent it to, or I, I, I did an online course because that's what we did way back then, you know, in the snail mail, mailing manuscript back and forth with Writer's Digest. And that was my first kind of inkling that there was a lot to know about writing a novel. 
<laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a, that's kind of cool though. So you kind of came without without knowing. You kind of learned as you went along. Maybe that was that was kind of the way to go. You know, <laughs> I don't know any other way something. to do it. Because yeah. you know, if you're a if you're a doctor or a lawyer or anything, you have to go to school and you have to learn and you have to mm-hmm. practice. You know, why wouldn't that be the same for writers? So that's really cool. You mentioned the Rocky Mountain uh, Fiction Writers, and uh, I see that you were that you were voted the the Writer of the Year for 2017. Congrats! Well, thank you. That was yeah. that was a big honor and and a lot of fun. So is that like a like writers? Uh, are there um, is it like also like uh, readers go to this convention too, or is it just no? It's just all writers. It's all writers. Okay. All writers, and this year, um, this is the second year that Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers has also awarded an indie writer of the year. So there's um, a division for indie pub writers, which is oh. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's great because a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, you know the more older established organizations or whatever kind of. Still, thumbs are look look down at the indie writers. That's cool that they're that they're welcoming them. Oh man, you know indie writers are so savvy and so uh, as as a group, this group at Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers, they and they explained to me there's a big difference between self pub and indie, and indie are are the professionals that are really doing it right, and boy, they are savvy and they are on top of their game. And so I noticed also your. Uh, you're going like on a pretty big tour. You're hitting several states, and you're going to Canada. How how, how does that work? And how <laughs> how much fun is that? <laughs> well, this year, you know, this year it was kind of an accident, which because last year I made this big concerted effort. It was my first book with the Big Five and with Macmillan, and um, and I thought, you know, I don't want to miss, I don't want to mess up this opportunity. So I I really um, went after it. I went after, you know, did a lot of blogs and a lot of things you know worked really hard at getting you know book signings and stuff like that and did a lot of barnes and nobles and and you know i i and i thought well this this is the first year and i'm not going to do so much the second year and you know the barnes and nobles i i decided i really didn't want to do that is so soul-sucking you just go and you sit and nobody comes in and it's oh it's it's just terrible so uh so I didn't, I wasn't going to even do a tour much, you know, I was going to do a couple signings here in, in Arizona and, and things just started coming to me, you know, Hey, do you want to be on this panel at this conference? And would you like to come, you know, a couple of the bookstores that I signed at last year, um, I sent them a little note that said, I, I'm, you know, dark signals coming out and I got, you know, invitation. Hey, why don't you come back? And Kent Kruger, William Kent Kruger, who is, you know, multi-times New York Times bestseller, told me, gave me some advice, and he said, don't ever say no. When you're starting out, never say no. And so I just kept saying, sure, sure, I'll do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, and then I ended up with this, 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 uh, I, I start go in BoucherCon in, in less than two weeks, and I don't have a weekend home until the middle of December. But one of those weekends is is Thanksgiving with my daughter up in Portland. But yeah, it, that just it just kind of happened this year. So I'm I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So I saw on your website uh, uh, your the tour schedule. I was like, wow, you're gonna be very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why this big push to get this revision done before it all hits in you know, <laughs> yeah. ten days. Yeah. 
And so the listeners know, and I'll have links to it on the website and stuff, but for the people that are listening, uh, your website is shannon shannon-baker.com. Right. And uh, there's information there on your books and your your book tours. So if so if anyone's listening in one of the spots that you're going to, uh, go check it out. That'll be kind of fun. I would um, love to see him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if any listeners go to, go goes to see Shannon, let them know that uh, from the podcast. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be really cool. And then um, in November, and I can't remember which day in November, the fourth, the eleventh, something like that. Short story anthology is coming out from a publisher in uh, Colorado, Hex Publishing. It's called Blood Business, um, and it just got a, a really good review on Kirkus. And I've got a short story in that. And half of the book is paranormal mysteries, and the other half is just straight mysteries. And so that'll be fun. And so, um, okay, so before I let you go, is there any final thoughts that you would like to say to the listeners or anything you want to share? <laughs> you don't think I've, I've jawed enough on this thing? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll leave, leave the, turn the mic over to you before, before, we, uh, before I let you go. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't think I have another thing to add. I'm just really <laughs> glad that, that you invited me on. So thanks. Uh, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck with the uh, new release in your book tour. Okay. Thanks, Alan. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our guests, as well as information, uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast. And uh, please do visit my author website at alanpeterson.com. I appreciate your support. And so until next episode, I will talk to you then.